Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. I'm Nolan Miachi. I'm joined by Scotty Bentley, my host here, or my fellow co-host here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. And we are joined today by a very special guest from the MailerReport.com. You know him. You love him. You've probably seen him around Red Wings Twitter, read some of his uh, news articles. It is George Malik here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, joining us today live from Traverse City. George, welcome to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Good to have you. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, it, podcasting, are you typical big podcaster? You make a lot of appearances? No, I don't make a lot of appearances, but whenever somebody asks, I think it's, it's. I mean, there's been some chatter lately about, you know, should you be on a podcast and not get paid? Yes, of course, you should be on a <laughs> podcast and not get paid. You're being invited. To yeah, what's, what's your product. rate? what's what's your rate for this my my rate is zero dollars an hour so you know i'm 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 very affordable one of the best deals going his twitter went private his twitter went private he couldn't he uh yeah that was a heck of a heck of a week have a heck of a weekend in that community for sure yeah and it was so funny like being like kind of uh it was very very close to home you know, yeah, I get excited yeah. when people invite me on their podcast. I'm like, hell yeah. Oh, sure. Like, I always just say yes. Um, but I, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I, from from his standpoint, I don't know necessarily what kind of information he was giving out on podcasts. Like, I think that's part of it, too. Like, you know, when somebody asks me to talk about the Red Wings, I have to do a little bit of research given, you know, what the specific things that they want are. But for the most part, like, you know, I know the team. I can just talk about the team. But if they wanted to know hey, let's take a look at Philip Sedina's scoring numbers next year. Then that's a, that's, that's a lot of research, you know, and things like right. that. And, and depending on what the, the content or the subject matter is, I can understand and, and how big the audience is, the, the demand for that information. That's just kind of the way the world is going these days where people are wanting to get paid for their work after years of not getting paid for their work. And quite frankly, despite the fact that I would never in a billion years charge somebody to be on uh, their podcast or pay somebody to be on this show, just leave the guy alone, you know, to each their own for me. Yeah, it's a matter of personal choice. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, I've I've got myself to plug and um, whatever people will do their own thing and they will find their own niches and let it be so don't get all yelly about it (laughs) and and you are one of the best niches to to get into because you are somebody you're you're basically like a human roto wire you know like you you just want to search like transactional news and stuff like that you go to like the cbs and they have like eight updates throughout the day that's basically what the Malik report is, where you are literally covering everything. And sometimes it's just a little blurb, sometimes just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But honestly, if you are wanting to keep up with the Red Wings on a daily macro basis, I cannot think of a better place than the Malik report. I'm not just blowing smoke. I truly believe that. I truly practice that uh, myself. So go check out the Let's talk about 
prospects this weekend. I think the, the lead news here, we got Jared McIsaac goes down hard in that game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Red Wings put out a statement. He lost consciousness. But other than that, appears to be okay. What was your firsthand uh, account of the situation? What did you see? And, and you know, how, I don't want to say how scary was it, but it's a, it's a scary situation in an it, exhibition it was, game. It, it, it was terrifying because it happened at the other end of the ice, but he, he got hit by a guy who was 5'9", Jared Malatesta of Columbus. Um, he just presented his number. He was looking down at the puck, and the, the, the poor kid from, from Columbus just didn't stop. And bam, in the numbers, to the boards, bounces his head off the boards, bounces his head off the ice, is out. And, you know, they had to call the, they, first they called the trainers, then they called the paramedics, then they called the ambulance. They had to take him off the ice um, on a stretcher, on a backboard uh, with his neck um, in, a, in a neck brace and took him to Munson Hospital, which is the big hospital up here in Traverse City. Um, Coach Simon told us after the game that he wasn't going to be uh, kept overnight, which was the, that he was speaking, talking with it, had feeling in all his extremities, which is what you want to hear. But we don't really know whether he's got a concussion or not. And, you know, we'll just find out on uh, because the Red Wings are a team that tend to keep the injuries close to the vest, even during a prospects tournament, we'll find out whether he skates on Thursday or not. Um, but it was, it, he could have gotten much more seriously hurt. Um, it was bad enough that he banged his head on the glass and the, and the ice. But then after that, um, he just got lucky in his own weird way. Um, yeah. and I'm just very grateful that, that, that he's going to be all right. Um, that at the worst, it's going to be a concussion, um, you know, uh, and, but, but it was, I, I was, I was, I was at one end of the ice with uh, somebody who uh, worked as a volunteer at the tournament. And she was the person that uh, had to go out front and call the ambulance and call in the paramedics. So I got a, you know, the game even had to stop because if you don't have an ambulance at the rink, you're not allowed to play per NHL rules. So they stopped the game uh, and waited for another ambulance to come. So everybody was very concerned. They were wondering if maybe something more serious had happened, if the kid had, you know, broken something or, or, or there or something worse had happened. And I know that I was watching the owner's suite and Iserman and Verbeek left the suite for about 20 minutes. Uh, they came back for the second period, but but for a while though they were on top of the situation as well. So it was serious. It looked really serious, and thankfully he seems to have escaped anything serious in terms of his injuries. The uh, scary thing about those types of injuries. So I broke my back in high school going to the boards L two vertebrae. It's a scary, scary situation. And those moments now, you know, like are really, I don't want to you know make myself sound special here but those to me are like Go i ahead. can't watch them i can't even i can't even when i heard about it i didn't want to see it i don't want to look at it. i i still have not seen the hit because i just i don't know if i can uh but especially for jared mcisaac who this was supposed to be the year that he was kind of starting to get himself going he has dealt with injury issues in the past so this is kind of a, a big blow on a personal level for him, somebody who was looking to get back. But how did he look 
before that. And, and if he is able to come back, you know, maybe not yet by training camp, but say he's ready to start the AHL season. What do you like about Jared McIsaac and, and whether or not, you know, he might have a chance to, to do something this year? Well, for, for somebody he, for so young at, at 21, he's had two reconstructive soldier, shoulder surgeries. Um, first, he had one when he was in the uh, Quebec Major Junior League. He played through it for a year. And then he went over to Finland last year and he was supposed to play. And in his first game in Finland, he blew out his shoulder. So he's had two major reconstructive shoulder surgeries. He was coming back. He was just sort of starting to get his legs under him, so to speak. And um, he's a gritty two-way defenseman. I mean, the Red Wings have two players in McIsaac and Donovan Sobrango who might recall Brad Stewart. Uh, really Love good two-way defenseman. Yes, the sort of Swiss Army knife defenseman somebody who's really a second or third pair guy, but you can use him on the third, the first pair in a pinch. You can put him on the power play in a pinch. You can put him on the penalty kill, just ultra reliable, um, all round good skill set. Uh, with McIsaac, there's no frills, but there's no fear. And uh, like I said, he was just sort of getting to the point where he was trusting himself again and he gets gets injured in this awful collision so i'll i think that that he's a legitimate nhl prospect and then like i mentioned that he's got a partner in sobrango in that department and sobrango is a little more has a little more flair to him but mcisaac is just your meat and potatoes defenseman and you need those support parts as well as the superstars for every cider you need a mcisaac so uh, Lucas Raymond, right? Two goals in Saturday's game. Uh, the opener, he kind of blended a little bit more. I think one of the biggest things that that we're most curious about is how competition will sharpen and or like shape him. Is he right. a guy that, uh, it, you know, toward the beginning might do what we saw Thursday and blend a little bit. And then as he faces more and more competition, what kind of transform and, and show higher ceilings and, and, and contribute a lot more. Cause if, if that's the kind of player that, that can learn that quickly, like as we saw over or adapt, I guess I should say that quickly. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a massive plus. And I think that's one of the big reasons why, why Nolan specifically thinks he's making the team out of camp, because I, I think that uh, seeing him adjust and adapt that quickly, like we did over the weekend is, is, you know, if that's, a trait that you also think he possesses. That's a huge plus. I don't know if he's going to make the team out of camp, but I do know. Not with that, that attitude, George. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Very terrible attitude on my part. I'm sorry. <laughs> he'll, he'll make the team out of camp and win the college. Trophy or more Thank goals goodness. than Cole Caulfield. It and, couldn't take all the negative media. <laughs> no, uh, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, he played last year uh, and played injured, as it turns out, uh, in the SHL and and for the Forlund Indians, which are the Red Wings East at the moment, um, because they've got, you know, half a dozen Red Wings prospects in their system. But uh, they're they're one of the European European all of the European leagues best teams in terms of churning out prospects. They have their own sports science department. And Raymond was able to crack a very 
uh, stacked roster. And he did learn throughout the season. And yes, when he came to the prospects tournament, he did learn very quickly. Um, it looks like he's going to be projecting to be more of a sniper at the NHL level. Uh, there were some times that he sort of skated himself into the boards. There was this one moment on a power play when I remember he chucked a pass back to the point blindly and sent it right between the defensemen. And I thought, geez, that's got to be a Frolunda play, you know. But sure. but at the same time, you watched him not only adapt to the smaller ice, the quicker pace of Pelé, and a near professional level. You know, you're talking the Red Wings prospect tournament is considered one of the best tournaments of, of prospect on prospect in the world. Um, and he, he, he succeeded and got better while guys were targeting the hell out of him. You know, everybody wanted a piece of Lucas Raymond and he was just, wasn't going to take it. He didn't retaliate, but he didn't need to be protected. And he was just results oriented. He got the job done and that was exciting to watch. They kept him out of the third game for precautionary reasons. I mean, he wasn't hurt as far as we know, but I mean, he was being targeted so much and, and that they just, they thought, let it be. And, you know, he had done his job. He had proven that, that he's got the goods. Uh, let's be careful. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to ever buy a device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package did you know that built bar has so many delicious flavors and when you talk to a built bar fan they're definitely passionate about their favorites and i mean who wouldn't be they got nine delicious ones out right now if you don't know all of them you're missing out but good news for you is you can try a mix box. You'll get two of each of their nine flavors. Some of them, we'll list them off here. Coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, get that mix box. It'll allow you to customize your order next time, know exactly what you want. Spoiler alert, you're not going to not like any of them. Uh, and not only are they the best tasting protein bars on the market, but Built Bar it's healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to built.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gin. <laughs> Um, you talk about him possibly looking to be a sniper in the NHL. And I think that that maybe this whole time that that's kind of been a really underrated part of his game, because I think some of the biggest games that we've seen Lucas Raymond in, especially ahead of his draft year, he was doing just that he was scoring, you know, in the uh, scoring a hat trick on, on Askarov and the gold medal game, you know, just like doing these, these things scoring and the comparisons 
for him coming into the league have always been Mitchell Marner, but I feel like people haven't really expected Lucas Raymond to maybe score like Mitch Marner, which is strange because they do kind of seem like do very similar players. And, and I think that like that, that scoring prowess is just kind of, I don't know if it's forgotten about because of, you know, that he hasn't been able to do it in the SHL in his age, 18, 17 seasons. But it, it really is strange to me how that part of the narrative has just been kind of left out after all this time. And if you look at Mitch Marner, he had 93 points in the NHL at age 21 or 94 points in 82 games at age 21. And I, I don't think people are expecting that out of Lucas Raymond. I don't think people are even really sitting here saying that that could be his ceiling. I think it's time that we need to, to start like not putting those expectations on him, but start really considering that, Yes, this guy could be Mitch Marner and really all ends of the ice. Hopefully not come playoff time, but, you know, it's not here. We'll, we'll cross that bridge. <laughs> good, when we one. Get there. good one. Good one. <laughs> um, I, I do think that that uh, I, had, I had expected to see Raymond the passer, not Raymond the goal scorer at um, the prospect tournament. And instead, he was sniping shots uh, at the goaltender during uh, practice. He was sniping shots during warm-up, and obviously he got the job done during the games. Um, I, I was especially concerned because he was coming off elbow surgery. He had he had been playing with a with a bad arm uh, that pre- prevented him from playing in the SHL playoffs last season, and he's just been seamless, you know. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to be a 40 goal scorer, but in, in this NHL, this, this semi dead puck area, you're still looking at a 2025 goal guy. And that's, that's encouraging. And you're looking at somebody who can make plays in terms of at the offensive zone that are not only, not only pat, you know, shots, but making good passes, making, making good reads and yes, as you suggested, because he played for Furlanda, playing pretty darn good defensively, because that's part of the buy-in when you play for the Furlanda Indians or Furlanda HC, as they're now known. Um, you know, um, I, I think that he really could be a great all-round player. Uh, he's got to put on some weight, and I I don't mean in the belly. <laughs> he's got to put on, uh, a, a, and he's got to get used to the North American grind. Um and whether that happens in Detroit or Grand Rapids will be up to him. You know, that that's really where we're at. It's going to be up to Raymond over the course of training camp and the exhibition season to really wow, wow the wings and steal somebody's job. They're not given out. Um, but do I think that he can do it? Why not? Hell yeah. Why not? Now, now, now let's talk about that real quick. Cause I got another question that kind of relates to that. You got, Valeno, Berggren, and Raymond. Those are the three forwards who are, well, Valeno kind of came over at the end of last year, but the three forwards who are coming over from the SHL look primed to make this Red Wings roster, at least try and and make an attempt at making the Red Wings roster. And I think the consensus right now, correct me if I'm wrong, is that Joe Valeno is the closest to making the NHL out of those three. And maybe it's because of the position he plays. Maybe it's because he just played five, six, seven games over here last year before the end of the season. I think that has the most to do with it. Do you agree that that's kind of the consensus right now is that Joe Volano is, is the most on the cusp of making this team out of those three. And do you think that's correct? Because when you look at what Jonathan Bergen did in the SHL last year, it by far blew away 
what Joe Valeno did uh, in the SHL. But once they come to the NHL, they're going to be asked to do uh, widely different things. They're going to have different parts of their game to sharpen up, things like that. Plus, not to mention Raymond and Bergeron don't have the experience playing in North America like Joe Valeno does. So all those things, when you take them into consideration, I guess, how do you feel about it? Um, I feel that both Valeno and Bergeron are pretty close. Um, I think that Valeno gets the uh, nod for me because he's had some AHL experience and because he came to camp. Uh, so I'm, I, and I don't usually say this about other men, but he came to camp. So effing ripped, um, <laughs> not, not just on that Instagram picture that he posted of the rippling abs, but I mean, he was strong. He and Chase Pearson, who projects as a really strong checking center, were, were sort of the men among boys in terms of uh, being able to win battles for the puck when, when the going got real tough. Um, and he's a, he's, I mean, maybe at the NHL, he projects as more of a number three center, a defensive two-way forward. I really hate to make this comparison because it shows how old I am at 43, but, but he kind of reminds me in its own weird way of Mike Ricci from back in the day. Okay. (laughs) He's got a bit of a, a snarl to him at times. Um, but he can score. He can pass. He, he, he actually disappointed a little bit in terms of his production during the prospect tournament. Um, but he's probably got the most, the most experience of all, all three of them. And no, he didn't have the greatest season in the SHL last season, but that was really his first. He, he was living alone uh, and learning, learning a new country on the, uh, and a new language on the go. Uh, now, now they call him the Uber driver. Apparently, that was what <laughs> Lucas Raymond said. Uh, he's the only one up here who's got his own car. Uh, but as I also said, I think Bergen's really close because you look at Bergen and he's somebody who put up on nearly a point per game for two seasons. They got his back issue taken care of, and although he's not a very big guy and doesn't play big because he's got a really tiny stick. He uses a real short stick and he passes hundred percent of the time. If they could get him to shoot 10% of the time, that'd be a beautiful <laughs> thing, but he's in a, just an absolutely elite passer. And, you know, I, I happen to think that Bergeron and, and Valeno and Raymond are all going to start in the AHL because you look at somebody like Mitchell Stevens, who seems to be pegged to start on the fourth line, but in a, over the course of maybe half an AHL season to a full AHL season, I think that these guys are, are going to become integral scorers at the AHL level. And I think that uh, it's entirely possible that they could be NHLers much, much sooner than we think. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and mega contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% whoa, 
no, 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKDOWN. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So they used to give out 50%. Now it's 100%. Now you're getting the best bonuses from betonline.ag when you were already getting the best bonuses from betonline.ag before. What are you waiting for? From basketball, football, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN for a 100% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Last guy to play in this period. The, uh, the, another, just sticking with Bergeron, I, this weekend specifically, pretty strong showing. Uh, what did you take away from the from his weekend, particularly specifically? He had a nice little setup to Raymond there in the opener. Um, what? Uh, how how did you feel about his performance as a whole? Well, the the only scare that the other scare that we got during the weekend was that Bergeron went into the end boards pretty heavily. Sure. Uh, came up, finished the second for the first period of of that second game, and 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 didn't play in the third. So he got shaken up a little bit. But um, I was really impressed with his uh, sense of playmaking on the, uh, and not just his passing, but his vision of the ice. He has like a defenseman's vision of the ice. He can see plays developing, see where the puck is going to be when it's on his stick, where it needs to go to generate offense. And um, I think that uh, it's entirely possible you know, that, that, that he could be a really elite playmaker, you know, um, because what, what he can do on his own, what he already knows how to do on, uh, on the big ice, if we can translate that to the small ice with a little more pace, the, and a little more fearlessness that he did display. He, he was, he was another player that was really targeted the Red Wings brought a young roster that didn't really have an enforcer on it. Um, and sometimes you need that at the prospect tournament, but Raymond was just, uh, or not just Raymond, but Raymond and Bergeron were both pretty darn fearless mm-hmm. um, and more than willing to go into battles uh, along the boards against much bigger, stronger, and more experienced players and come out of them with the puck one-on-one down low, you know, and, and I thought that Bergeron also seemed to understand that the puck needed to go to the front of the net, not necessarily for, for, not for, for just for, for Raymond to shoot it in on a one-timer, which is beautiful to see, but also to just get a shot in there on a, to, on a bad bounce or off a pad um, to generate a rebound opportunity and then work on getting a gritty goal. I want to talk about Donovan Sobrango because I would argue that aside from Bergeron, he was maybe the biggest pleasant surprise or, or at least like maybe the, one of the best developments for out of the, the system last year when, you know, he kind of, there's that whole thing going on with the major junior leagues in Canada. It's like, Oh geez, this poor guy, Sobrango is going to just have to get thrown into the AHL. There were a lot of questions surrounding whether or not like he would even be able to, to kind of really hack it long-term because he didn't have the greatest draft year, like in the second half, I'm pretty sure like his coach got fired midway through the year, like the team kind of fell apart, then COVID hit. So he didn't have the best foray into draft season 
ends up getting stuck in the AHL with Grand Rapids and has one heck of a year. Looks like he's going to be back there this year. What do you like about Donovan Sobrango, the tournament he had and, and the showing that he can continue to have in camp this week? Well, uh, I will use the word for the third time, fearlessness and flair. Sobrango didn't give an expletive deleted what guys were going to try and do to him. Um, and he's got a bit of charisma to his game, which is, it, it just, it's kind of neat to watch for us for a, a mostly stay at home defenseman to be that um, consistently arrogant, I guess I would use in a good way. Um, yeah. he, he blocks shots. He uses his stick to poke check pucks away. He grinds it out down low in the corners and he, he, he sees the lanes to the net and knows how to, how to shut them down. But he'll come up the ice by himself uh, if, he, if he really wants to on a rush and take a shot at the net and see what happens. Um, and he'll nail a guy. If he if he feels that he can if he can feels he can victimize somebody, he'll absolutely smash him into the boards. And he's just got that that oomph to him. I don't really I don't really have a word for it. He's got that 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 charismatic flair. Um, and it's fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, the hit, the it factor, and the hit factor. And, <laughs> Fair. You know, I, I was calling him Wango Tango Sobrango. Because he's just such a he's he's just such a character, and for a 19 year old who ended up not playing in the Ontario League last year, and then ended up having to go to I think it was Slovakia or or Hungary for it was the Slovakian two league. Yes, and the only reason I know this Levici is because we interviewed him. And he picked up like 174 penalty minutes in like the first three games. Or it was something ridiculous. It was like 70 yeah. something. It was like maybe it might have been in the hundreds, but it was like ridiculous. And you're exactly right with that like confidence. Like he's not full of himself. He he's just confident. Like, and I think that that's good for, for a defenseman. You know, you need to be confident in the decisions you're making because you are the last line of defense. And you brought something up earlier the Brad Stewart connection personally, I think I said this on Twitter a couple weeks ago. I think Brad Stewart might be like the most underrated player of that Red Wings era from like 2007 to like 2011 or 10 or something like whenever it was. Uh, so if that's, you know, kind of the, the style that he's playing with, I think Red Wings fans are going to be pretty happy about that. Right. And, and again, you get the play, you, you come to the prospects tournament and you, you see the Lucas Raymond's, you see the Jonathan Bergman's and you get really excited. You, you see Kirill to to Tiev come in and score those wild goals that he, he scored in the first game. Um, and you get excited, even though he's on an AHL deal um, you see that top end talent, but you need players in the middle of your lineup that are going to be support players that are going to be complementary assets that want to do that job mm-hmm. because especially in the NHL, it is a hard job to be a three, four defenseman who is being tasked with blocking shots on the power on the penalty kill, um, you know, playing on the power play in, in a pinch, but mostly not getting those minutes. 
um, being asked to be physical, hard-nosed, sometimes a little dirty, um, and doing it all with a smile on your face. And he's just one of those hardworking guys that comes in there and loves what he's doing and has a good time being a son of a you know what um, <laughs> that's fun all right that is where we will cut it off for today thank you to everybody who tuned into the lockdown red wings podcast we got george malik for part two or recapping the rest of the prospects tournament as well as going over some of george's top storylines to watch for heading in to next season uh we'll see you back here tomorrow same time same place it's your team every day Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.